Split Tube Media and a Synesthesia Podcast present a special daily October podcast. Hell, 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 hell. to the king, king, king. Jason, have you read Stephen King's books? Read Stephen King's books, 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 King movie, a Stephen King movie. King movie, a Stephen King movie. King movie, a Stephen King movie. I have done my best. To scare the shit out of you guys. <laughs> Welcome back to the second week of Hell to the Week. The the wait the two bad thing. Yeah, the sec the week. <laughs> the squeak. <laughs> Welcome back to the squeak. Uh, We're just squeaking uh, by. <laughs> God, uh, this is the this is the oopsie episode. Yeah, you fooled me. Well, I fooled Jason, myself. You done fooled us. Fooled um, us both. Because here you've been hassling me about demanding that we watch the Lawnmower Man, which is which is ostensibly based on Stephen King, even if they threw out every aspect of the Stephen King story. But this movie isn't. Well, this, so... He doesn't get a single credit. He does not get a single credit, um, but this is, in some ways, the the perfect pairing with Law Noir Man. <laughs> uh, Law Noir Man is a film that has nothing to do, whatsoever <laughs> with the story from which they took the title, mm-hmm. mapped it onto somebody else's original screenplay, <laughs> by upsetting both the author of the book and the author of the screenplay. <laughs> Uh, and the film that we're doing tonight, The Devil's Gift from 1984, yes, have Stephen King's name on it anywhere. However, yeah. it is uh, startlingly close <laughs> to a short story called The Monkey ah. that Stephen King wrote. Okay, um, it's the same basic premise of there's a toy monkey with symbols. Yes, that is somehow cursed, and when it claps its symbols, uh, something near it dies. Yeah, um, which is enough of a twist on the Wait, was that was that item the the synopsis of the Stephen King story? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's exactly this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, it, as Wikipedia says, it leads many to believe the film was plagiarized. I would believe that <laughs> these guys, whoever they are, have already forgotten their like, names, like ingested it and forgot, and then yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. What's I that? Would, I would. What's that I thing would that stand up comedians always say when they steal jokes? They're like it's parallel thought or something. Yeah, parallel thinking. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's uh, Alan Moore calls it steam engine time. Like somebody was inventing the steam engine right around the time that six other people were yeah. about to invent the steam engine. Sure. That's what time it is in our shared collective consciousness. Yeah, yeah. It's symbol monkey time. Um. So yeah. So this is the movie from 1984, directed by Kenneth J. Burton. Oh, Kenny. Of whom I know very little. Uh, and it's not that hard to see why. Although, does he have other? works he has at least one other work that we're definitely going to talk about but i'm saving that for a minute okay um 
And I'm just double checking. Yes, it is his only other work. So okay. we'll discuss that after we discuss a little bit about this film. So sure, sure. Devil's Gift is a super low budge, assuming very independent uh, horror movie that intentionally or not lifts wholesale uh, Stephen King's short story, The Monkey, hmm. about a symbol monkey toy that's cursed and causes death every time it claps its symbols. Are you sure it causes death? Are we wait? Are you talking about the story or in the? I'm talking movie? about this film. Are you saying that it might just be a coincidence? It could be indicating death. It could be. It's it's never clear to me if it is uh, acting or reacting. Well, except there's the uh, well, there's at least some causation because when the kid's about to get hit by a car, the dad lunges and puts his hand in between the symbols, which is the thing I want to talk about later. He stops the symbols from hitting, and then the car doesn't hit the kid. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll take that as proof. So of there's causation. at least some causation we'll there. Causation. I, I suppose you could say that maybe the monkey and the dad are working through fate at that point in time, and like, sure, fate. The monkey was not fated to clap its symbols at that point. Right. But I think that that is um, an indication that the, a the symbol clap misreading. Is, yeah. <laughs> well, because here's I'm just going to jump. Fun. This is like the last thing I wanted to talk about, but I'm just jumping to it because you mentioned that there is at the end of the movie a kid's about to die. Symbol monkey's going to clap his symbols. Dad sticks his hand between the symbols. Kid doesn't die, which leaves me to wonder how far you can push the logic of this monkey and could you just keep it and cut its hands off and then no one around you would ever die? Is but it, at the very least, just like put a tea cozy in between the symbols. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, remove its symbols. You could just flip its hands around backwards and then when, when someone was old and sick, you could flip them back around, you know? Yeah. Does it go that far? It, I'm un, unclear. It might be one of those things where like you, uh, you're fighting somebody who's bigger and stronger than you, but you get one lucky punch in, and you they're like, fighting. Like, get one. Mm, I see. You know what I mean? So, like, the monkey, or, like, the forces... It's like, sure, this time. The monkey weren't expecting somebody to pull that one. Sure. Like, next time, they're not going to get thrown by it. Uh, I, will, I will say the rules of this monkey <laughs> baffled me a little bit, because... Oh, really? I know I know. a thing I talk about sometimes, Jason, is internal consistency, and maybe I'm a whiner, but... I Look, I think the, internal consistency is important. The people and things that die in this film all die in different... There's Sometimes the monkey seems to be able to initiate a death in sort of a final destination way, right? Like when that dog dies, mm-hmm. it's like something starts flooding, and then a light bulb yes. explodes, which for me is the most delightful. I think that that system yeah. of killing things is great. But then sometimes it's like, all right, well, now I can make a mud shoot out of your shower, which isn't like a final destination thing, right? That's that's a beyond power. That's It's inventing mud somehow and shooting it out of your shower head. And then sometimes, yes. like at the end of the movie, it can just crack unless, the whole earth open. Unless it caused... Uh like a pipe to break in the house that then filled with mud. Yeah, but if that happened, they didn't show through. us that. There's no indication of that. So it's either different well, rules or it's a poorly told story. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Uh, continuing our aesthetic of just talking at the same time for seconds at a time. That's how a podcast works, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You just when you mix this, you just put one of us in the left channel and one in the right channel. My favorite will be, be like, if we get. <laughs> You're sitting in the middle of the table. <laughs> if we get any, God, I should have done that. Um, <laughs> any, any listeners, the inevitable people complaining about not being able to tell us apart. Oh yeah, yeah. You're like, it's fine. We're both Which, white guys. Well, it just literally happens to everybody I've ever listened to on a podcast. Even people sure. who you're like, they are 
that what <laughs> they're very distinct yeah 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 um this movie jason yeah what jim talk to me about this movie did you like this movie i'll tell you what i liked you land on your on your, on your <laughs> thesis i this one bucks the thesis but i'll tell you what i like jason is the first 90 seconds of this movie the, I do too. The opening of this film feels like it's the opening of a bananas anthology film. It's yeah. like a, it's an older woman in a miniature house with hand drawn electrical lightning, uh, who's having a Ouija board conversation with a man named Thomas Johnson, maybe flirting with him. It's a little unclear, and then he disappears, and an evil spirit shows up, and she dies. And also, she has a bunch of weird toys, including the monkey and what appears to be a rubber head in the jar. Uh, it's so delightful i yeah i was really genuinely excited yeah because you uh, watch that much of the movie and you're like this movie is gonna be great yeah and that movie comes back a little bit towards the end oh like when the earth is ripping open and stuff yeah um and and when when the dad is trying to bury the monkey and the lightning is striking that yeah that was the one time that it felt like oh the movie's coming back to what these guys could have done yes it did make me realize that really what the movie needed was just lightning the entire time no matter yes. what was happening constant lightning. lightning every 30 seconds fact yeah um, you could just be every time the monkey's clapping its symbols throw some lightning in there sure sure or, or but it also i think it could be more constant than that yeah <laughs> They could be. They could put uh, letter boxes just full of lightning. <laughs> the full runtime of the um, film. But yeah, the beginning was awesome, and I was really pumped for a low budget but sort of genuinely cheesy and creepy at the same time yes. supernatural movie. Um, but then that just—I mean—that scene ends, and yeah. and we're in a neighborhood. To uh, like a five dollar nineteen seventies <laughs> at looking like neighborhood. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's just some people walking around a house they got for free for you know a month ninety minutes for yeah. ninety more minutes and it's interminable. Yeah, and nobody is well. One person is performing. At Who's least the awful neighbor. The awful, awful, awful neighbor. neighbor. <laughs> Who? So yeah. So so the main characters in this film are a dad, his kid, yeah, he, the dad's girlfriend? Question mark. I think so. Not That's how I read entirely it. clear on who it's supposed to be. Um, and the uh, very irritating neighbor next door who yes. s- looked so familiar, I had to go look him up. He is an ethnographic documentary filmmaker that I have definitely in something. That's amazing. Um, his name is, I had it as a note here somewhere. Um, do you think he's just that awful in life and that's why they put him in the movie? Or do you think he wants <laughs> to be an actor in addition to being an ethnographer? Because that feels like a weird pairing. Well, it's interesting because the character was awful, but I kind of liked the performance. Oh, yeah. Why I went it's to the strongest performance in the film by Absolutely, far. Absolutely, yeah. And he's... He, you're like there's like a genuineness and he has a heart to him he just won't stop doing terrible impersonations and you want to hit him but i i would still be happy if he were my neighbor oh totally you know if you did i did, did you i hallucinate that? that i looked this up because now there's no information i swear i looked this up and there is a whole bevy of information about him maybe he got monkey clapped out of the internet 
What happened? Now I'm questioning everything. This might have happened in a dream after I watched the movie. I mean, I love that that would be what you would dream about. Well, I was prepping classes about for my documentary course on ethnic <laughs> and they may have merged together, and I may have not realized until this moment that it was a dream. Uh, We're going to find out something else later. I don't know what's happening now. Yeah. Um, no, no, here it is. I found it. It's just not on his IMDb, but it's on Wikipedia. Oh, sure, yeah. It's, okay. ethnographic I'm going to explain to you for a minute. Well, I'll, in a minute, I'm going to explain to you why I had a hard time finding it, and okay. it leads right into the only other movie that this director has made. Perfect. They they tie together. But let's let's kind of finish off this turkey first. So the plot of the movie is the dad's girlfriend walks by a store and sees this symbol monkey yeah. that we saw in the supernatural medium lady's house. It's exactly the monkey on the cover of monkey shines. If that's familiar, yeah, for right, any which listeners. threw me off. Yeah. Um, because that I, I kept, you watch monkey shines. You keep expecting to see that monkey. And yeah, I never don't. Yeah. Um, and, but then I, I had, I was convinced in my mind that that monkey was also on the cover of like a Stephen King book, but I don't think it oh, is. Interesting. Huh? Um, I, there's a, I, my, my hold on reality is obviously very tenuous here at the beginning. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Just how it happens. Um, so she buys the monkey for the kid's birthday. He inexplicably loves it, even though it is the most hideous, everyone uh, uh, in the terrifying toy of all time thinks it's cute, which is a huge leap because it is, it is objectively horrifying. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, it was enough, and there there were a few um, shots that I think were actually just born of the filmmaker's incompetence, but that could be read as the dad's girlfriend uh, being secretly evil. And there's certain shots uh-huh. of her looking a certain way, mm-hmm. um, and like looking off that way, and it, it, it seems like just bad coverage. Sure. <laughs> uh, sort of inserted, and her, like, they were trying to have her think about something, but instead they just had her looking sort of weird and sinister, so sure. like, she'd be an agent of the devil to bring this gift into the boy's life. <laughs> uh, but she buys it, the monkey sits in the house, and every time it claps, something dies. It starts with the plants in the house, and then it moves to the dog, and then it starts, uh killing people yeah maybe uh, the neighbor dies i don't remember the girlfriend dies the dad al- yeah. almost dies the kid almost dies it's you know it's whatever yeah it, there, there's yeah exactly so there, there's stuff well technically by the end everybody dies oh do they i've forgotten how it ends so it ends with them uh like uh, oh right it comes back it comes back yeah the they, dad's like, mother comes it, and, and then the, yeah. and then the, oh yeah, yeah. So, so the dad figures out what's going on with the monkey, and after stopping it from killing his son with a car, runs out and buries it in a field somewhere. Yeah, because that was the best thing he could think to do. Yeah. However, that is the second best scene of the movie. Yes, in the field with rain and it's light. Really nice. It's really and nice. And then the earth tries to swallow him, and that, all of that. I was like, yes, this more of this. Thank you. Yeah. Um, then it seems like everything's fine, but at the end, the monkey comes back. They're all locked in the house, and the house explodes. Right. That's to black because they couldn't afford an explosion. Yeah. It's just the sound of an explosion. There are two other things, Jason, I just wanted to mention, but I'm done talking about this movie. Aside from that. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. One is, uh, there's a really, I don't know, for me, I think the most 
genuine uh, emotional beat in the movie, and maybe the only one, is there's a scene where the kid is watching cartoons really loud at like six in the morning, and the dad yes! comes running in and is like, what are you doing? Do you know what time it is? And is like kind of mad about it, and then walks out of the room and immediately walks back down with a pillow, and yeah. flops down and watches cartoons with the kid, and it's so sweet. I loved that scene. Yeah. That scene made me want to find out if this director had made any other movies. Sure. There's a glimpse of somebody who understands yes. something about people yeah. that isn't always in a movie. And you're like, oh, maybe he shouldn't be making trashy horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he yeah. should be making well, a movie about a father and son just living together. Because at first, the worst thing about that scene is that he does this, um, the dad steps on a toy truck. Yeah. The way he does it is he like does a close up on the foot coming to the truck and then cuts to the kid as you hear the dad go, ah, motherfucker, like yeah, you know, yeah. the background fall down. And it's really like cheesily done. Yeah. The second time when the dad comes back out with the pillow, yeah. lets the actor just sort of like take <laughs> the truck. Yeah. Or maybe the actor completely did that by accident or sure. it was no problem. I don't know. But the second time he steps on the truck is beautiful. Yes. Beautiful that it comes back. And it's beautiful that it just lays down next to the kid to watch the cartoons. Yeah. I, yeah. That scene, I'm so glad you mentioned that scene yeah. because I'd forgotten about it for a second, but it was so lovely. It's such a nice moment um, yeah. in such a nothing movie. It's funny. Uh, the, the only other thing I wanted to mention is that at, at the end of the film, I noticed they had two DPs listed in the credits, which is very rare uh, because I, don't, I assume everyone who's listening knows this, but you know, the D- DP isn't just the person who shoots it. It's the person who sort of conceives the visual style and stuff. Yes. So you don't have two people doing that. You, you have one and then sometimes other sometimes people you have one, do it right after the other gets fired or leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like I've, I've stepped in on films where like the DP couldn't make it for pickups. So then I would do all of the duties that the DP would have done, but I don't get a DP credit because they invented how the movies right. shot. Right. I'm yes. Just, there to fulfill their destiny. Um, yes. But this one had two listed, and that, that made me wonder if the sequence at the beginning was stolen from another movie that they tried to make. <laughs> that could be. Because it feels so distinct. I'm looking at it right now, and one of them is listed on IMDb as the cinematographer for special effects photography. Oh, that makes sense. High speed yes. photography. Okay. So I'm assuming so that's the person who handled the lightning and all that stuff. Yeah. It looks like, and I think they used cloud tanks for the clouds at the beginning too, which is really lovely. Yeah. So that makes sense. That they had a, that's yeah. Fun, fun fact. Question answered. That, that same person, Karis Palm, mm-hmm. uh, was also the visual effects camera operator or Howard the Duck. Oh, what a hero. Yeah. I was uh, Camera assistant for Witches of Eastwick. Uh, another side note, Jason, Careless Palm is actually the version of Kung Fu that I learned. <laughs> Careless Palm. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me tell you. Yeah. Is that, 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 that movie? Facts. Who cares? Who cares? Um, you know, I, whatever. It, like I said, it had a few moments. Yeah. Mostly, it's a lot of padding. We've watched worse movies. They oh for sure yeah it's not uh, good it, it's but it's, it's if you it's again it's like if you're washing dishes sure one thing that confuses me though and that makes me chalk it up to incompetence rather than uh, practical needs mm-hmm. is there's a lot of scenes that feel like they're padding out for time it, yes uh, which, which again makes me feel like maybe they were making an anthology film and then they were like ah eh, we got one done well okay so. We are almost to the point where all questions will be answered. Okay. By which I mean none of them will be answered, but everything that you're saying will have some weird resonance. Great. But it, so that makes sense 
So like they show the entirety of their day at the fair. Yes. You show like so much time at the birthday party and all yes. of that makes sense if what you've done is shot a sixty minute movie yes. and you need to stretch it to seventy five. A hundred percent. This movie's almost two hours long. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't need pad. You could have cut out forty minutes. Yeah. And it would still be the right amount of time. It would be a better it would be a better amount of time. For what this movie is yes. practically, and it would be a better movie. Yes. Um so that just it, that confuses me. Okay, so this is the best part about this movie by far. Okay. Did you look up this movie at all? No. Okay. Um, I'm excited for that. Then. I mean, I looked it up just enough to see that it wasn't. I was like, Stephen King's name never showed up. And I looked it up and people were like, it's not Stephen King. And I was like, oh, I'm going to hit Jason with my words. <laughs> hey, look, he's listed on IMDb as the author of the show. Is he really? That's funny. He is. Um, so then make it right. Uh, and every article mentions that it's yeah. probably plagiarized. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so. This movie, uh, the only other movie that the director has made yeah. is a movie called Merlin's Shop of Mystical Wonders. Okay, I'm on board for that. Uh, which has a beautiful cover. I'm going to send it to you and maybe make it the album, the uh, yes. cover art for this episode. Correct. Um, it stars Ernest Borgnine oh, yes. in a uh, connecting sequence, okay. a framing sequence. As Merlin? Uh, no, unfortunately not okay. as Merlin. Uh, he started as a grandfather talking to his grandson. It's very Princess Bride. Okay, that's fine. Um, telling him stories. And the the idea, so I haven't tracked this movie down to watch it yet. Sure. Fully intend to. Yeah, yeah. Um, In November. Because the idea is that the grandfather's telling stories about Merlin to the boy. Okay. But there are only two stories in the movie. Okay. And one of them is a re-edited version of The Devil's Gate. <laughs> okay. In which... Okay. Almost everything happens that happens in the movie... Sure. Because you could cut it down to 40 so minutes. it's probably way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but at the end, instead of the monkey coming back and killing everybody... Yeah. Uh, before the monkey... I'm reading from the Wikipedia now... Yeah. Before the monkey symbols are struck again, Merlin shows up just in time, takes the toy back to his shop. Whoa, that's crazy. Um, yeah, so. So it's like this grandfather is telling invented stories about Merlin. Yeah, and there's apparently interludes in the story where Merlin's trying to track down the monkey. The sure, monkey sure, sure. It's like Merlin his solo role shots. in the film. Yeah. Um, so. What's the I, other story? Uh, the other story focuses on a married couple who are unable to conceive, and then they they do some magic. And Merlin gets one of them pregnant. Yeah, Merlin <laughs> gets both of them pregnant. Yes. No. Um. They 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 try to go to some magical uh, solutions. Hilarity ensues and then eventually the the husband is magically turned into a baby and the wife just happily takes him as the baby to raise him as a child because she is horrifying yeah wow um we and should I, is involved somehow a hundred percent watch that movie uh yeah so that is the only other movie the director has made okay and it's 30 percent the same movie at least yeah <laughs> um and it has Ernest Borgnine in it somehow. Great. Uh, distributed by Monarch Video. Oof. <laughs> it's him direct to, to VHS. Sounds like it. Uh, so we'll have to track that down. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to say about this turkey? This might be our briefest episode. I am complete. 
Um, That's the movie, guys. Thanks for coming. This was See you the tomorrow. accidental movie. Um, oh, God. It looks like I wasn't recording, but I am. Um, I was just checking mine. I'm paranoid. I am. Uh, I keep accidentally hitting my mouse pad and all my windows disappear. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, no. Uh, yeah. So the devil's gift, yeah. not as bad as uh, Cujo. No. <laughs> <laughs> what could be? I, but, however, I would say it falls if we were doing a, a normalized spectrum of everything has to be either fully bad or fully good. I would say this falls into the bad column. But I would say it's worth watching if you're doing other things or if you're down to fast forward through a lot of it. That seems that seems true. Is there anything else we can do to vamp? We kind of have to fill some time here. This is a really <laughs> short episode. <laughs> Don't you think everyone will just be thankful? I okay. So I was <laughs> the devil's gift to you. It's a short episode. <laughs> yeah. I leave. I have an old iPhone that I use as an iPod, Jason, and I just let it shuffle the songs that I put on it uh, mm-hmm. because I don't know how to do anything else because I am an old man. And it, a minute ago, it was playing um, the Dolly Parton song. Uh, you uh, here? You come again. Here you come again. That's what it sounds like. Um, you know that song? And I was yes. thinking that that is the perfect... It is, it's like specifically designed to be the theme song for a late 80s sitcom. So I looked to see if it was, and it was not. And then, ah. I, and then I was like, wait, wait, has Dolly Parton ever had a sitcom? And she hasn't. She had a variety show for a minute. Uh, and they made a 9 to 5 sitcom, but it didn't star her. Why? Right, well, because they couldn't afford her. Why didn't America ever give her a sitcom? I can't think of anyone who's more deserving of, like, a 1993 sitcom than Dolly Parton. I think it's more that Dolly Parton existed at a time when getting a sitcom was not... Like, she didn't need to do that. Yeah, but, like, Reba McIntyre had one. Yeah, but Reba is slightly after, right? Like, that's the next generation. That's when things are starting to... to you have to start trying to diversify your star portfolio mm. to like you think you think dolly was I, like I don't, just doing i think fine. dolly could have had a sitcom if she wanted one yeah but you think I she was a film star a musician at a theme park magnet and that was enough oh yeah okay oh, yeah. that's fair i think i think she was i think she was perfectly comfortable where she was well i hope you're right i'm sure if if she had wanted to be in the nine to five sitcom yeah they would probably would all yeah, over yeah, themselves to put her in it that's fair um but I, I think you're talking about that like ten to fifteen year jump, yeah. Where being on a sitcom is a place where you start your career, and being on a sitcom is a place where you end your career. It's like a different, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Okay. Like that's it's that's how sitcoms have transformed. That's fair. I you know I feel like there's there's that era of like Mary Tyler Moore and like Rhoda where it feels like that's an aspirational thing, and then like now it kind of feels like that's I guess like post Seinfeld it feels like that's an aspirational thing. Well, that's what I mean. Like Reba yeah. was post Seinfeld. Yeah. And, and the, the time that Dolly was around was post that golden age of sitcoms where right. it was just, in between. It was. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. It was, I, I, I mean, that's my, that's my immediate take. I forgot one other thing about Merlin's. <laughs> uh, we are talking about Dolly now. Shop of mystical wonders. Okay. Uh, which is according to Wikipedia, this whole episode is just me reading from Wikipedia. But that's fine. <laughs> Um, the film was one of the last works to be featured on Mystery Science Theater 3000's original oh, run. Good for them. That was uh, that. That's it's one of its Wikipedia claim to fame. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know something. 
All right. I think we ran the clock out enough. Great. Cool. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us on this whoops episode. <laughs> Thank you, and we're sorry. Um, you know, I, just as the filmmakers are sorry to Stephen King, we are sorry to you. Yeah. Uh, In the same way. You know, we're sorry for stealing your time. We're sorry for... Still makes more sense to watch this movie than The Lawnmower Man. I don't know about that, Jason. <laughs> the Lawnmower Man is really fun. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all tomorrow, you creeps and ghouls. Yeah. Creeps and cools. <laughs> all right. Um, that was me gargling. Gorgling. Gorgoiling. Hell to the King is a special presentation of the Synesthesia Podcast, produced by Iguana Donald Studios, and distributed by Split Tooth Media. Music by Loyalty Freak. Hell to the King is recorded live before a studio audience in the twilight eternity between the moment the clock strikes midnight and the first second of the new day. That's twilight eternity, Eastern Standard. Daylight savings really fucks us up. I will say the rules of this monkey <laughs> baffled me a little bit. Synesthesia.